Hey guys, welcome back to Inclusion RX. Special guest today, Meredith Root. Meredith, how are you? Doing good. How are you? I am awesome. So for those yeah. of you that don't know Meredith, she is a uh, badass games athlete, which I guess is how I met you somehow, and uh, co-owner of uh, Tactic, the Tactic Method. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Tactic uh, yeah, Nutrition. Yep. Helping people get their nutritional life together, which is uh, always good. Need need you in my house slapping me on the hand when I go to the fridge today. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was one of those days. I was eating everything in front of me. Um, but as usual, we're going to be talking about inclusion uh, in the boxes. And uh, Mary, this is one of the smartest people I know. Certainly smarter mm-hmm. than me. So uh, let's just jump in. So first of all, before we get started, where's your kitty? Where's the cat? Um, okay, so I actually think she's down in the gym with Alex. She likes to work down there while uh, while we work out. She gets a kick out of that. So I think she's down there. She was on top of the cabinet um, until recently. So I don't know. She's mad at me. Yeah, she, she thinks. You know, um, Bean is on this show, like on all my shows. Anytime, <laughs> I, anytime I'm in front of this microphone, he's in here right now. He's by my foot. I'm surprised he's not oh. up on the table looking at you and putting his tail on my face, but. Yeah, she'd be here if Alex wasn't doing something more entertaining. <laughs> well, I want to just, you know, kind of start. You had sent me some talking points. We were talking about inclusion. Uh, and the very first thing you put was start by being not not inclusive. And I was like, okay, I'm not really sure I know what that means. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, um, you know, you don't need to, when I think about gym owners and just people, especially right now, trying to be, you know, more anti-racist, more inclusive, like, I think you have to first kind of stop and, um, you know, think about what, what am I doing that might come across as being not inclusive? Like just, um, you know, little subconscious things, things that aren't exactly the most welcoming to new or potential members and like stop doing those things. Um, so that's really just a way to say increase awareness over your current behavior. Um, and kind of modify as needed. So, you know, it kind of comes from the top with, with gym owners. Like, I mean, like I've been to tons and tons of gyms. I'm sure you have too. Every gym's got a, a different vibe. And a lot of time that, that comes from the owner and it comes down from the top and it comes through the coaching staff. And, um, you know, the owner is very welcoming, very inclusive, um, you know, very inviting. The coaches tend to be that way and the members tend to be that way. Um, but I've also been to gyms where that's not the case. And, uh, you know, there's, it becomes clicky. It becomes difficult to get in the door. And I just, I always think about like, what would that feel like as a new or potential member? And like that, that invisible barrier to entry goes up, even for people that can afford to walk in the gym and pay a membership. If they walk in, it doesn't feel like, you know, these are my people or these are people who want me here. Like that's an issue. Can you give me a, give me a couple of examples? Like I always struggle. This is kind of a weird moment for me usually because you know, I'm just the old bald white guy. Like I kind of feel welcome everywhere I go. Like, you know, I make, I kind of make this joke. Like, I know we talk about white privilege and whatever, and some people think it doesn't exist and some people think it does. And I can tell you, at least through my experience, like anywhere I go, people are like, yeah, come on in. You know, you, you're a middle-aged white guy. You probably have money. We'd love to have you in here. Like it's, you know, like I'm, I always feel like I'm welcomed. Like give me yeah. some examples of, of, uh, you know, maybe this, you know, being not, not inclusive. Um, probably like when you walk into a gym and like I've walked into gyms, I know plenty of people who have, and just no one talks to them. They, they stay in their little group, whatever they're doing, you know, the drop-in walks in and they just stand there with their bag, like kind of looking around waiting for someone to, to help them. There's not usually a front desk in CrossFit gyms. And like, 
like member, it's not necessarily members like jobs to be the welcoming committee or be like the, the front desk person. But, um, you know, if a, if a coach isn't making a move or like someone's not there to greet them, like, you know, the member that's been at the gym for five years, like, guess what? That's not your job. Um, and you should want to do that. Like the gym that I used to go to in North Carolina and I managed for a period of time, um, it's called CrossFit RDU. It's probably like the most inclusive place that I've ever been. And the crazy thing is like, it's in Raleigh. It's in a very conservative area. Like it's a very conservative group of people. Um, but you walk, like if a new person walked in, they would just get swarmed by members. And part of that is because like the owner is that way. Um, and he would start every class, like, you know, there'd be a class of 10 or 20 people just staying there in a circle. And he'd be like, all right, you member name everybody in the class. And if you couldn't name everybody in the class, everybody had to do like 10 burpees for each name you didn't know. So it's a pretty good, like, um, motivator to like, as soon as someone walks in, you don't recognize them. It's like, Hey, are you in my class? Awesome. What's your name? Like, what do you do? Like, it just gets people in the habit of introducing themselves. If like, for no other reason than they don't want to do burpees, but like you do that long enough and there, there becomes like a general interest in other people starts to develop. God, I would be hated because I am so bad at names, like so bad. Maybe people would be doing burpees 24 seven. If I were in one of these classes, There's, is this, yeah. deli- I mean, you said it starts from the top. I mean, is it, is this like a deliberate action by like specifically by that owner or are they going to members and saying, Hey, this is going to be our method moving forward. Or is it just, do you think just the, kind of their outgoing personality over time starts to kind of leak into the culture? Yeah. I think it's gotta be like, whatever's at your core, like whatever's in your heart. Um, like most effective leaders lead by example and they don't lead by being like, look, like this is our policy, do it. And then like, but if you as the owner have your headphones in when you're training and don't even look up from what you're doing when people walk in, like, what do you think your members and coaches are going to do? They're going to do exactly what you're doing. And all of a sudden you've got a, like a gym full of snobs who like don't give a shit about anybody who walks in, in the door because all they care about is like, is what they're doing that day. Um, which is fine. Like if that's, if that's the gym vibe that you want, like go for it. Um, but you're just, you're not going to get, you're not going to get people in the door that are going to be interested in sticking around. And like, you just have to be okay with that. Well, you were a coach in this gym. Like was the, was the owner holding like team meetings with the other coaches and kind of walking them through this process or, or not? Not really. Um, but most of like, most of the coaches there had been coaches for a long time, um, at this gym, like we were very well, like the culture was ingrained in us as like, as members first. Um, and then like the owner is just a guy who like, is, he's very charismatic. You look like, look up to him. Um, like he's just somebody who you want to like emulate in life. And so it was very easy to, to be that coach. It was very easy to be a member of that gym and feel good about what you're doing. Cause you know, there's this guy who owns it. He's very successful. He's very fit. He's a super happy guy. Um, so why wouldn't you want to be like him? It was, it was easy. You know, one thing you had mentioned uh, to me earlier was paying attention to the small details or at least being sensitive to those small details. And, you know, I'm imagining, you know, this guy's a gym owner, if it's the most inclusive gym that you've been a part of, or one of the most, particularly in like a really conservative area, he was probably that way. Like, what are some of those small details that were kind of his sticking points to drive this? Um, like, honestly, the music was a big one. Um, I think 
<laughs> uh, I've been to so many gyms where you walk in and you're like, what are you playing? Like, how can you <laughs> be playing this music? Um, you know, and it's kind of like, I've, I've joked about it in the past, but I'm like, you walk into a gym that's full of white people and they're listening to the most like raunchy gangster rap that you've ever heard in your life. And I'm like, you know, I've, I've always been a little bit sensitive to that. I've become more sensitive to it um, in the past couple of months, but it's like, how do you not like, how does that, how's that an okay thing? Um, or how, like, how can you not be sensitive to that? Because, you know, like, that's fine. Play that music. What's like, what is a black person going to feel like when they walk in and they see, like they, they hear words that are coming out of the speakers and they just see people that are just, that are cool with listening to that music. Um, so the, like the music was a big one. Um, other details. He was very, very picky about keeping like politics and religion out of, um, out of the gym, just debates. Like he wouldn't entertain debates, um, around election time, just tried to keep it as nonpartisan as possible, which I always respected because I know like, yeah, I'm a pretty progressive, pretty liberal person. And like, you're not always going to run into people like that in North Carolina. So you, it's like, you want to make the gym feel safe. And as soon as you allow like politics and debate to invade that space, um, it, it starts to feel less safe. Um, so that was kind of, those were really his two big ones, um, that I can remember. Yeah. That's a real art, I think, uh, for gym owners. Like, you know, you mentioned, you know, politics and religion. I was thinking on the religion front when you're talking about the, you know, like, you know, this, you know, hard music, we listen to a lot of, you know, my gym will play the same thing, you know, and there would be times I'm like, if there's someone in here that's like super religious, I'm not sure they're going to hear the F bomb every other word. And then, and yes. to your point, if you have an African American, are they going to hear the N word coming out of this with nothing but white people in the room? Like it's, it kind of <laughs> spreads across all things. I remember when I was uh, training at CrossFit Mentality, <laughs> we had uh, Scott would um, had Spotify, but he didn't have the paid version. I don't know if he's too cheap for it. I'm not calling Scott Panchak cheap, but he wasn't paying for it. And uh, so we had the commercial version, right? Well, they also couldn't control what was coming on. It wasn't a playlist. Yeah. And occasionally a song would come on and I would laugh my ass off watching him sprint across the gym to change the channel or put yeah. something else on because that was the way he was wired. Like he didn't want to offend anyone. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it, there is an art to like picking the right music that, you know, will allow you to be kind of fired up for a workout, but also, you know, uh, not offend people on multiple fronts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Even though I prefer that music for whatever that's worth. <laughs> Um, you know, one of the other things you mentioned was, uh, putting yourself in the shoes of marginalized members. So I was really kind of interested in that. Like, I understand the concept of putting myself in other shoes, but yeah. what did you mean by marginalized? So like marginalized people in society, there's just, they're kind of people that exist on the fringe for whatever reason. Like maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's their race, maybe it's how they identify like sexually, um, you know, I like technically I'm a like marginalized member, even though like when we're talking minorities in society, like, you know, a white gay girl is probably the easiest, um, minority to like digest as far as like, se like sexual identity kind of thing. Um, so I don't like, it's not like I feel particularly marginalized ever. Um, you know, but there are, there are trans people who are in CrossFit and, something as simple as like, I've got a friend here in Calgary and, uh, they're trans and they're, they're really interested in joining the gym that I'm at now. Um, but unfortunately the gym that I'm at now doesn't have gender neutral bathrooms. And as like, as silly as that sounds, um, 
you know, they don't want to pick, they don't want to have to pick male or female. Like it, it makes a difference if it's like, look, here's a bathroom. It's got a toilet, a shower, you close the door and you like, anybody can go in there and use it like that. Like little detail matters to some people and it'll keep them in and out of gym. And it's like, it's easy enough to consider if you're doing like a new gym build out, like, Hey, don't build like locker room style bathrooms that are gender specific because now like you've got this, uh, even though it's a very small demographic of people, they're not going to come to your gym. Like they're just not, unless they can, they can come and not use the the bathrooms. So that's like, that's one that's um, probably a, a little more unique. And then like the more common ones would be like considering the, you know, the th- like the race um, issue that we talked about with the music, the religion issues, another one, not that people who are religious are particularly marginalized in modern society. But again, like you're making assumptions about people's preferences when you decide to, you know, play certain types of music or hang certain flags. Like I've literally been into a CrossFit gym that had a Confederate flag up. And I was like, like, that's, <laughs> it's like, it was like 2016. I'm like, how, like, how is this possible? Like, how is this something that someone's like, yeah, this is a good idea. I feel good about hanging this flag in my facility. Um, you know, maybe that's just somebody who doesn't care. Like they, they know where they are and they're cool with that. And it's like, yep, that's a flag that's going up. And if you don't like it, you can get out. Um, you know, but me, like if I was opening a gym, I would be considering kind of all of these things to make it as, as welcoming and as inclusive as I could make it. Um, you know, and things that are outside of my control or outside of my control. But uh, like, I can't control the members. If I have an asshole member, like I'll try to kind of like push them out slowly, but you know, it's hard sometimes. Well, I want to come back to that. Cause I think that's a really interesting topic, but you know, on this, on this topic of marginalized, I think it's hard for a lot of people like myself, straight white male, right? To, it, it's, those are uncomfortable conversations often. And I think of our gyms and I, I don't mean this in, assault, in an insulting way, but a lot of our CrossFit gyms are just run by meatheads. We just like to work out, you know, like yeah. that's, so, you know, we start talking about topics of sexuality and religion and race, and it becomes very, very, it's an uncomfortable topic that maybe they're not prepared to do, you know, as they're running a new gym. Now, some of the things that should yeah. be obvious, like Confederate flags and things like that, you would think would just be a no brainer, but even so, like if you could give advice to, to a, a gym owner to start broaching these topics, like what's maybe the easiest way for them to do that? Um, if you have like longstanding members who fit into those like categories of people, like maybe just ask them, like all you have to do, you don't have to ask them, um, you know, for specific advice, but just ask them about their experience in your gym, ask them about their experience in other gyms. And just kind of ask like, uh, like open-ended questions um, and see where that goes. Like you don't have to have a specific agenda when you talk to your members about these things, just kind of like get a feel for what their experience is in life. And maybe that's all, like, maybe that's all people need is to just like, stop, um, stop and listen for five or 10 minutes to people talk who are very different than them. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, as I've been doing these uh, recordings, like I'm learning as I go and, you know, I thought at my age, I knew everything. Apparently I don't, I know it's shocking. <laughs> uh, somebody said to me last night, we were, we were talking on this uh, topic of sexuality and, and they said, you know, about assumptions and they, I'm like, well, what are some of the assumptions? They're like that people call the, the barbells, men's bars and women's bars. <laughs> and I had never thought about that. And I'm like, yeah. like, it wouldn't even cross my mind that that would be, yeah. 
you know, a weird moment for someone or even an insulting moment for them, you know, when in reality, it's a 45 pound bar and a 35 pound bar for those of yes. us in the States, those of you in Canada, I know it's, you know, 20, 20 kilo and 15, but yeah. yeah and I'll never I, teach yeah, no, <laughs> um, I think I maybe have posted about that before. If I haven't, I've thought about it, but it's like, yeah, I mean, that's like, this is a 15 kilo bar. That's a 20, like, um, a female can use either one, just like a male can use either one. And like, kind of a, not like a funny example, the gym that I go to, they host like some, uh, some athletic teams, like a youth hockey program. And, uh, the guy who runs that program is a super great guy, but he's from, um, he's from Red Deer, Alberta, which is very, very rural, very conservative area. Um, and again, like he's a white guy, he doesn't think about these things, but they ran out of men's bars on the hockey side of the gym. And instead of just having these like 13 year old boys, use a women's bar because there's six of them over there. They send them over to my side, like the class side of the gym to get the, to get the men's bars. So all these, like these kids could use like 45 pound bars for absolutely right. no other reason than he's like, no, these are boys. They use boys bars. So like, I get it. It's a super hard like mentality to break, but yeah, I don't find that particularly offensive. I'm just like, yeah, it's closed minded. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I can see where it's not offensive, but it like now that I'm thinking about it now, I, you know, I, it's kind of the learning aspect, I guess is my point. Now I'm going, well, do we have men's and women's RXs or do you just have two different RX weights? You know, like uh, I think there's a lot, a lot for all of us to learn there around, you know, how we should be addressing this to make everyone feel comfortable. And there's plenty of us that it doesn't make us uncomfortable. Like it doesn't make me uncomfortable to hear men's bar and women's bar, but it also doesn't affect me. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm for the record, I'm perfectly happy using the 35 pound bar. I'd be ecstatic to do that. Most yeah. Days. I've seen like games level athletes, like guys, uh, just because it's not specified in the um, equipment requirements when it's beneficial to them, they will use a 35 pound barbell because it's easier in your hands. Yeah. So, smaller. I, I love yeah, that. Like, you know, every time I've used one, I'm like, this is great. Like why? Yeah. Why don't they make the men's bar smaller on my grip? You know, yeah. but, well, so kind of last topic, you brought it up though. But I think it's a, a really interesting one as gyms are trying to, you know, focus on inclusion and make people feel comfortable. We've all seen that member. That's the jerk. Like the one yeah. that comes in and blows us up and refuses to, uh, you know, comply isn't the right word. They're just not nice. Maybe, you know, they're not kind. Like how, how do you address that as a gym owner? Um, you know, I've seen the layout like a few times just cause I've been in the affiliate world since 2012. Um, you know, but if someone's a cancer to your community, um, you know, and they're not, they don't fall in line with what you want from your members They're maybe they're stirring up trouble or, you know, whatever these people do, they do all kinds of things. Maybe they're just a jerk. Um, you kind of have to think like, Hey, how's this going to play out if I let this person be a part of my facility long-term? Like, what does this look like in a year? What does it look like in two years? And if the answer is like, it looks bad and I'm potentially going to lose other members because of it, you just got to get them out or like, like sit them down and have a conversation first. I think it always like people deserve to be um, talked to. They deserve a conversation, but if behavior doesn't change after that, like, you know, I've seen members get kicked out of gyms. I've seen that happen. And it's usually for the best because it sort of nips, uh, it nips that sort of cancerous um, growth in the bud um, instead of just letting it spread and letting animosity grow for whatever reason. So, um, 
I would get them out. But I also understand when gym owners, you know, they see people as like as dollar signs. So the idea of like, Hey, uh, you can keep your 200 bucks a month and leave. Like that's a hard pill to swallow, I think, but big picture long-term. Yeah, I get that. But I, you know, I also think, you know, to your point of big picture, like gym owners have to be thinking about how many more could I be attracting if I didn't have this, you know, negative energy in the gym, you know, or, or if maybe setting aside kind of the jerk member, like if I took a moment and said, Hey, if I could increase inclusion in whatever bucket would help, how much could I grow my gym? Like I was, I was talking to uh, one of the adaptive athletes and, and, you know, like every city has a VA in it. Like if you could train one of your coaches as an example to be really good at working with adaptive athletes, and then you got in your car and drove down to the VA and invited them in, how many people could you add? And, you know, I realize that's, that's harder for a gym owner than coaching a bunch of 20 year olds that are fully able, you know? Yeah. But it's also 25 new paying members. And in the era of COVID, (laughs) that's pretty good. You know? Yeah. Yeah, It's not bad at all. You know, and you think, you know, you just think kind of across the board of all these things we've mentioned, whether it's, you know, race, religion, you know, sexual orientation, whatever, you know, if it's as simple as saying, Hey, I'm just not going to play offensive music and it adds five people. You just added a thousand dollars to your bottom line because you're not going to play the, you know, whatever words coming out of the song. And I, I yeah. think that's really all we're kind of talking about here. Yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. And occasionally you got to kick people out. That happens. Too. Yeah. So. It's, it's necessary. It's part of the business. Yeah. All right. Well, Meredith, I appreciate you being on. I think it's been really, really helpful. So thank you for your time. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, we'll definitely do this again soon for everyone watching. uh, Thanks for joining and we will see you next week.